Listener Production. In this briefing, a tiny bit of light on one of America's darkest chapters, Sandy Hook. I think there's somebody shooting in here. There were 20 first graders and six women in the school, plus the mother of the shooter who lost their lives. He was armed to the teeth with legally purchased guns and went from obscurity to infamy. Almost a decade after that moment, the families of nine victims have finally reached a $100 million settlement with Remington, the maker of the assault rifle used in the attack. We believe that these tactics directly enabled schools to become war zones and almost encouraged that lone gunman mentality retaliating against a perceived enemy. In our case, the enemy were six and seven-year-old children. That's Veronique De La Rosa, who lost her six-year-old son Noah at Sandy Hook. And she's going to explain to us in an interview how her and the other parents beat Remington. That is today's briefing. It's Wednesday, the 23rd of February, and I'm joined by Katrina Blouse for today's headlines. Russia has begun moving troops into eastern Ukraine. The White House is calling it an invasion, and NATO says it's a breach of international law. Moscow has now moved from covert attempts to destabilize Ukraine to overt military action. This is a serious escalation by Russia and a flagrant violation of international law. That's the Secretary-General of NATO, Jens Stoltenberg, there. So Germany has taken the first major step when it comes to sanctions. Uh, Chancellor Olaf Scholz has paused the commissioning of a $13.8 billion Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline. This was finished back in September, but he's not allowing that to be operational just yet. So Britain has also put sanctions on five Russian banks, three oligarchs and any Russian MP who backed independence for the Donbass provinces. This comes after Russia began uh, yesterday moving its forces into two regions in eastern Ukraine, Donetsk and Luhansk, after Vladimir Putin said it recognised the areas as independent states. He's called the move a peacekeeping mission to stop fighting in the area. Some suggestion that their peacekeeping is nonsense. They have moved in on Ukrainian sovereign territory. That's the PM Scott Morrison there. He's not the only Western leader who says that that whole peacekeeping uh, rhetoric is complete and utter nonsense. Meanwhile, European Union officials are close to agreeing on a package that would put politicians and officials from Russia on travel blacklists. It would also ban trading in Russian bonds and target imports and exports with pro-Kremlin separatists. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if there's tougher action from Europe and the US. I mean, tougher than sanctions. But if you look at 2014, um, Russia moved in and took Crimea from Ukraine. So that's a a territory to the south of the country. Mm. And that didn't start an all-out war. And guess what? Russia still has Crimea. So I think if it's a game of chicken, then Russia looks like it'll win because they want this territory more than the West and they're willing to lose their lives for it because they believe they have a strong connection with it. The news, I guess, we've all been waiting for. People with chin acne everywhere rejoicing. No more masks. Indoor mask mandates are set to be eased on Friday in Victoria and New South Wales. Yeah, they won't be needed in the office, but in Victoria, teachers in primary schools from grade three will need to keep masks on because of the low vaccination rates among children. Hopefully, uh, we can get to a point quite soon where case numbers are so low, where vaccination rates are so high as one factor among many, Uh, So few people are in hospital that we don't have to have masks on anywhere. 
That's the Victorian Premier Dan Andrews. He's also confirmed he's been in talks with his New South Wales counterpart, Dominic Perrottet, about scrapping isolation requirements for asymptomatic household contacts. Yeah, and Queensland's joining the No Mask Party as well. They're ditching them a week later on March 4. In England, nearly all COVID restrictions will be removed from Thursday. The Johnson government implementing their Living with COVID plan a whole month early. Restrictions pose a heavy toll on our economy, our society, our mental well-being and on the life chances of our children. And we do not need to pay that cost any longer. So even people with COVID will not have to isolate in England, although individuals... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> big change. I mean, I think that's when the pandemic ends, basically. Yeah. Another signal that it's pretty much over is they're not even offering free testing in England from April. This move has prompted criticism from doctors, though, and as well as the Scottish government and the opposition, because case numbers are still very high. Free tests can't continue forever, but if you're two one up with ten minutes to go, you don't sub off one of your best defenders. (laughs) Well, it is starting in April, so maybe they will get to play the last (laughs) ten minutes with free testing. Um, A nice metaphor there from opposition leader Keir Starmer. So, yeah, big moves there in England from Boris Johnson. Um, Meanwhile, the Queen has cancelled her virtual meetings today because she's still experiencing mild cold-like symptoms after testing positive with COVID. Maybe that's when the pandemic ends, when the the Queen kicks it in the arse and gets on with it. (laughs) I hope so. A $500,000 reward in the search for Belgian backpacker Teo Hayes, who went missing in Byron Bay on a night out in 2019. Teo's father, Lawrence, says they're still hoping to find out if anyone was with his son the night he disappeared, which police now strongly believe is the case. While we are now coming up to three years since Teo's disappearance, we believe this reward may be one of our last opportunities to find answers about what happened to Tio. Gosh, you got to feel for any family who go years and years without knowing the answers to this kind of thing. Uh, Ayers was last seen on May 31, 2019, leaving the Cheeky Monkeys nightclub. Yeah, and they only ever found his hat. A coronial inquest into his disappearance is still underway. And the PM has thrown his support behind a bill that would exclude trans women from playing single-sex sports. So last year, Liberal Tasmanian Senator Claire Chandler called for a ban on transgender women competing in women's sport and introduced a private member's bill titled Save Women's Sport to Parliament earlier this month. I think it's a terrific bill and I've given her great encouragement. I mean, Claire is a a champion for women's sport and uh, I think she's been right to raise these issues in the way that she has. Equality advocates have slammed it, particularly uh, Scott Morrison's use of the word terrific. Uh, Equality Australia Chief Executive Anna Brown saying that sport should be for everyone. Yeah, but two-time Olympic weightlifter uh, Deborah Ackerson has supported the bill. She wants the next generation of women and girls to be given the opportunity of competing on a fair playing field, quote. So this will cause a really intense debate, this bill, I'd say, mm. Katrina. But, yes. Um, according to the government, um, there won't be time to debate it in this term of parliament. So not something that Scott Morrison wants to get into Um, this side of the election. Oh, goodness. And what a surprise that would be because this is a very, very uh, huge minefield. It's caused huge controversy overseas, like in places like the US where it's been introduced as well. We'll catch you tomorrow, Katrina. In a moment, I'm about to interview a parent from a Sandy Hook victim about the fight against Remington, the gun manufacturer.
evening, Michelle and I will do what I know every parent in America will do, which is hug our children a little tighter, and we'll tell them that we love them, and we'll remind each other how deeply we love one another. But there are families in Connecticut who cannot do that tonight. That was one of the most emotional moments of Barack Obama's presidency. It was his reaction to the 2012 Sandy Hook shooting. And it created hope that the loss of 20 innocent children could finally break the stalemate on gun reform in America. But three months later, Obama's proposals to expand background checks and limit the sale of high-capacity assault rifles failed to pass the Senate. When Congress failed to do anything in the aftermath of Sandy Hook was probably the angriest I ever was during my presidency. I was disgusted and appalled by the inaction. But that setback didn't stop the parents of the Sandy Hook victims. They actually went after Remington, the manufacturer of the Bushmaster assault rifle, which was used by the shooter. Now, they went after them for illegal marketing. And it was a long, protracted lawsuit. And last week, they finally reached a settlement where Remington paid the families of nine victims, along with one survivor, 73 million US dollars, which is 100 million Australian dollars. Veronique De La Rosa was one of the parties. Her six-year-old son, Noah, was one of the victims. We reached out to her for this interview. Veronique, thank you so much for joining us on The Briefing. In the aftermath of Sandy Hook, how much hope did you have that that tragedy would lead to meaningful change and keep American kids safer from mass shootings? It was a tragedy that most could not even conceive of or or even stomach at all because of the youth of the victims and their vulnerability and their innocence. So, yes, I had tremendous hope that no family would ever have to go through what we went through on that horrifying day. And so what was it like to see Barack Obama pledge to make gun control a central issue, uh, but then fail to get his reforms through the Senate? Well, and that's the nature of our system, right? So no meaningful lasting change can occur on the federal level without the participation of Congress. And they have, in the years since Sandy Hook, have shown very little appetite for that sort of change. Even measures such as background checks or extreme risk protection orders, Never mind, you know, safety features like biometrics or, you know, the smart gun technologies. We're just seem to be stuck in a state of inertia, paralysis, if you will, where really no meaningful change has occurred on the federal level. How disappointing was that for you and the other Sandy Hook parents? It was absolutely devastating. And then we had to watch, you know, in the intervening years, such atrocities being repeated many times over. Something needs to change. Society cannot keep tolerating this. So clearly after Obama's reforms stalled in the Senate in 2013, you didn't give up. You guys actually regrouped and found another way to try and make meaningful change. Right. We did, although we were told by many, including legal experts, that our efforts were doomed to failure, right? Because under PLACA, which is the... Protection of Lawful Commerce in Arms Act, which was passed in 2005, the firearms manufacturers and dealers enjoyed broad sweeping immunity uh, when their products were used in the commission of a criminal act. So there was really very little recourse for us. So our attorneys cleverly turned to a Connecticut state statute, really a consumer law 
called the Unfair Trade Practices Act. And under that law, they appropriately honed in on the egregious marketing tactics that were employed by the industry to aggressively sell their product. Yeah. So tell us about the marketing tactics of Remington and why you feel that was so egregious. Well, first of all, it's important to know that the marketing was exclusively profit-driven with no thought or care given to the possible consequences of it, right? So it demonstrated a clear strategy of profiling end users. You know, we're familiar with criminal profiling. This is sort of a psychological profiling of who would be susceptible to their marketing. And largely they were young, largely uh, men who were struggling with deep-seated feelings of inadequacy. And it seemed like they were giving them a quick remedy of a purchasable form of manhood in the form of this weapon. So there was a lot of military, paramilitary verbiage around the marketing that the weapon was mission adaptable, the ultimate combat weapon system. They would have online promotions where they would have the ability for peers to uh, revoke one another's man card, as it was called, based on behaviors. And then they could report each other on less than, quote unquote, manly behavior, you know, as though the weapon itself embodied one's worth as a man. And we believe that these tactics directly enabled schools to become war zones and almost encouraged that lone gunman mentality retaliating against a perceived enemy. In our case, the enemy were six and seven-year-old children, horrifyingly enough. So was the problem with the marketing that it was successful and put dangerous weapons in the hands of young men, or was it more so that it changed the attitudes and influenced the behavior of these young men? I'm going to say both, actually. It's a two-pronged result of the marketing. Extremely reckless. And the crux of our effort in this case, because part of the settlement and the most important part of the settlement is the ability to access and disclose a lot of these internal documents that expose these strategies for what they were, hopefully in that way bring about some change. So what impact specifically do you think these marketing tactics had on the Sandy Hook shooter? Clearly, it put the Bushmaster in his hands. Do you think it also changed his attitude and his behavior? I think that the weapon was marketed as an external emblem of masculinity. And that's a problematic message with devastatingly lethal consequences. Also, they engaged in a tactic called product placement, right? So the weapon itself would be seen and utilized in in video game forums and formats and games. And that was a way of luring young, largely male audience, many of whom were probably (laughs) legally far too young to even purchase such a weapon. So what impact do you think this settlement will have? Clearly, Remington have had to pay out $73 million US and release their internal documents, which give an even deeper sense of the way they marketed these weapons to young men, honing in on their desire to bolster their masculinity. What impact do you think it will have on Remington and then also other gun manufacturers? What we're hoping is that by bringing to the fore 
these practices, that is going to send a message to the industry that this approach and the encouragement of such conduct is not a profitable business model for the industry. By association, the insurance and banking industries, right? So the insurance companies, as we know, all over the world are inherently risk adverse. So instead of being able to collect premiums from the industry and with, you know, really, really very little inherent risk because of the existence of PLACA, our case, we hope, is going to provide a template or a pathway for other victims to be able to recover damages and that perhaps the whole insurance underwriting process for the industry will change. Yeah, well, it's been really interesting to see how this has played out and that you've been able to find another avenue to try and make any change to make other children safer from these mass shootings in America. From our perspective in Australia, it just beggars belief that something like Sandy Hook couldn't go much further than that. It's great the outcome you've been able to achieve here to impact the marketing of these gun manufacturers, but I imagine the fire still burns for those other what seem like really obvious reforms like universal background checks or banning these high-capacity magazine assault weapons. I fully agree. And um, it does um, beggar belief. It's just unfathomable that the public safety has not trumped the bottom line of this industry. We cannot rely on moral self-governance. That's been well demonstrated. You know, you need to have guardrails. Otherwise, you have capitalism on steroids and the greater good is not even taken into consideration. So was there at least some satisfaction in this victory over Remington for you? There is satisfaction insofar as I hope that it might trigger, if not an avalanche, then a steady trickle of change to prevent this from happening, this epidemic of mass shootings. We struggle daily with this loss, you know, we'll never recover from it. Nothing that could possibly happen on this earth that would make that better. It doesn't wither, it doesn't fade. Mm. The loss of a child in such traumatic, violent circumstances is just not something you recover from. So no such thing as healing or closure, it just doesn't happen. The only thing you can do, though, is to try to prevent other families from going through this because it is a life sentence. It's gut-wrenching. Yeah, we're still sorry for your your loss, Veronique, but grateful that you have the time to explain the journey you've been on to try and make change. Well, I appreciate this opportunity. Thank you very much. That was Veronique De La Rosa, one of the Sandy Hook parents, talking about the loss of Noah and the struggle to get meaningful change. Gun violence in American schools is sadly still a big problem. According to the Washington Post database, there were 42 acts of gun violence committed on K-12 campuses just last year, which they say is the most since 1999. And of course, in 2018, we had the Florida school shooting where 17 people died, 14 of them students. So more scrutiny on gun marketing sounds like a step in a safer direction, but It also seems like a small victory in the scheme of what could be done to stop these high-powered weapons getting into the hands of troubled young men. I think the whole story demonstrates just how hard it is to make substantial reform on gun laws in America. And tomorrow on The Briefing, uh, we're talking about buying your first home 
and new schemes where you could actually uh, go in with the government on your first property. Is that something you'd be willing to do? That'll be in your feed tomorrow at 6am. Have a good day. Listener.